This Business Podcast, the Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. You don't have a business if you can't show benefits. Let's listen in as Randy and John tackle this one. Benefits over features. So, hey, everybody, our topic today, what we're going to be talking about, the two guys are going to be masterminding. The two business guys are going to be masterminding on something that is going to be important for everybody, for you guys out there starting business and restarting business in certain cases, depending on when you're listening to this, you may have to restart your business, blow that old one up and start off a new one. But now with that comes a series of questions, you know, and you know, John had, when we put this together, we wanted to have a conversation as if it were a case study. And we wanted to be able to say, okay, let's, let's, this is somebody's business out there. Now, at first we were just riffing on different things, but we want to get specific and give you guys some nuggets some tips and tricks like we talked about that you can go, wow, that helped me. This particular one is on in the sales area. Okay, why would somebody buy your stuff? So you come up with this idea. John, you know this. You've seen a, a whole bunch of businesses. People come up with ideas. And it sounds like there's some things that we should be asking people when they go out and decide they want to sell it. And this is what Absolutely. some of the notes that we I have in front of me talk about. You said 70% of people buy benefits over features. That's something that people, when they are pitching their ideas or putting their ideas out there and asking people to give me money it's for this idea, don't think about what's happening there. Yeah, I think that most people are looking for um, the how it works type thing, the, the business owners, and that, that's more the features. In, in seeing, you know, what is this, this product consist of? What are the different, um, the, the different features of it, whether that's, uh, it has a computer set up in a, in like a Tesla or whatnot. But I think the first thing that we look at is benefit because when individuals are truly, um, trying to, to buy something, they're not looking at the features first. That's about 30% of the equation. They're looking at the benefit. I told you this week I bought a new computer and I switched from um, having Macs since 2011 to going to a PC. And what I was looking at um, was the benefit. What, what is the benefit um, of having this PC it may not have all the bells and whistles that my Mac did, but the the benefit in using it and the ease of using it is is a lot different than the Mac. And even the, the price point too, when you're looking at, um, you know, what am I paying? Um, do I need some of the, the ancillary things um, that, you know, the features, the bells and whistles, um, that this offers, or am I not even using that? So I think the first thing that we look at is whatever it is you're doing, product or service, that we need to start by understanding and 
and being able to tell the story of, hey, what is the benefit of whatever it is you're offering? Yeah, you know, let's dig into that a little bit. And the guys, I want to share with you, when we are meeting with entrepreneurs in our respective businesses, me, you know, consulting and teaching, that's one of the things I wait for. I say, okay, you know, I'm hearing all that good stuff. I hear the stuff that hits my head, but I am not moved. Why? Because again, when it hits the head, it's just probably talking about what you offer. Hey, this is what we do, right? We can take a restaurant or anything else. Let's take a restaurant, for example. So you've got a new seafood joint. Okay, all right. And I say, what is that going to do for me? Absolutely. It's going to give you seafood. There's not a lot of seafood around. I says, well, you know, I can choose anything else. I remember asking a young lady, hey, who are you competing against? And she says, well, I'm competing against other seafood restaurants. I says, no. She said, what do you mean? I says, well, you're competing against any other way to get fed. Mm-hmm. That's it. So when you're thinking about you guys out there, if it's a restaurant, God bless your soul. Mm. If it's a restaurant, then you're saying to yourself, you're not, you're not just competing against seafood restaurants you're competing against greek restaurants you're competing against italian restaurants you're competing against soul food restaurants what is it about your spot that speaks to a benefit how am i going to benefit by coming to your seafood restaurant you got to communicate that that becomes what john is talking about 70 percent of people buy benefits over features it doesn't matter, a computer or food. 70% of people are buying the benefit of that. So now what do you need to do in your messaging? And we can get into a, a little bit of that um, a little bit later, but it all relates to it. When you come up with that idea, say, just have a, it, it, here's a really, really simple one, right? And I've seen some of the gurus use this. This is not, you know, totally my own, but I, I adopt it and I use it, is that, basic sheet of paper, features, benefits, Mm -hmm. right? And now on the benefit side, you start saying, okay, the benefits of my product, my service, Mm -hmm. list them. You would be surprised at what you can come up with, but you have to come up with these things. Here are the features. People don't care about that. The features are just the thing that gets you to the benefits, right? Like John bought the computer. Now the computer uh, uh, folds back and forth, right? You can, you got a pen you can use that you'll, you, by the way, we'll lose a lot of. So be prepared <laughs> to buy a whole bunch of those, right? It, it allows him to do other things. Now, the Mac had its own bells and whistles, but guess what? These were all features that he didn't use. Mm-hmm. So is your offering, is what you're bringing to the table a whole bunch of stuff people don't use? That gets back to, if you heard some of our other conversations and other casts about knowing that customer, Mm -hmm. who are you selling to? Now, we're going to get into that right now. We want to stay close to the sales part of it, the presentation of your idea. Now, John, you know, 70%, you said it right here, right? No, no, 70% of people are buying uh, benefits over features. So tell me, what does a benefit supposed to do? So I think a lot of people get confused and 
and they they mix up what a benefit is um, and what a feature is. Sometimes they they lump them all together, but they're two different things. Think of it this way. Let's go back to the restaurant example. You could have a, a fantastic establishment um, that's beautiful, that's right on the water. Um, the view is is great. Every I mean, you you have white glove. Um, service everything is fantastic but the quality be crap you know is is not great um, you're having your seafood shipped in and it's already several days old or you can go to a fish shack where hey you're sitting outside at um, a, a folding table mm-hmm. and you're eating your fish but hey that that was just shipped in uh you know a couple hours ago mm, fresh. and it's and it's fresh and they're providing great services hey you don't have the white tablecloths and the cloth napkins and things like that but the benefit is the fresh fish i mean ultimately that is what you're selling is the fish um features would be the the white glove service and but but if your product isn't the best if it isn't quality then who cares about the features you could have a beautiful restaurant and have terrible food uh the food is why people are coming there it's yeah. not i mean that's the number one thing now i've got one of my favorite restaurants here in town and i tell you there the one thing there's a favorite restaurant and then there was an entrance into that space they, uh, there was another restaurant that went right across the street. I tried it out, and I can tell you it was – the food was bad. Here, here's the thing, and this is what we're going to be, you know, kind of comparing, right, the benefits. When I go to the, the one restaurant, the food was fresh. Mm-hmm. The food was fast. It was delivered fast. Now, the only problem, of course, was you had to wait your tail off for it. Well, that tells you something, doesn't it, that they are so popular that so many people want to go there or they are not very big and they were pretty decent size, but I got good fresh food. I got it fast. I got all, look at all these benefits. Now I got the best price ever. I'm a price conscious person. Mm -hmm. The price, a lot of the meals were under $10. Now, so let's let's see if I got this right. Under $10 fast fresh and a lot of other people like it so now let's think about the benefits of that i get some social proofing now guys you got to understand a lot of these terms if you don't know them now you know you got to get this into your narrative into your conversation about your stuff social proofing other people like it right so you got all these people you look around well you know i'm not the only one so you get a little bump from that you get a little feeling of prestige or whatever that i'm eating the stuff that a lot of people like you get cost conscious food so now it's gonna it's not gonna hurt your pocketbook Mm -hmm. when they when i went to the other spot i had the same kind of weight they were popular too but you didn't get a lot of food Mm -hmm. you weren't leaving the spot with extra you see where i'm going with this Mm -hmm. and the prices were out the out the out, out the roof i was like well you know what this is not good then the other place that was across the street the, I tell you, one of the things I didn't like is the food. The food mm-hmm. was terrible. And the prices were terrible. Mm-hmm. 
can, you can't sell me on the service, man, because you know. And it wouldn't I'm matter. Not eating the service. It wouldn't matter if they offered ten different types of tartar sauce and malt vinegar to put on your fish. Right. Um, because the fish isn't good and it's overpriced to begin with. So focusing on that core benefit, um, whereas the other restaurant across the street, their, their product was fresh. It stood alone on itself, the price point. They didn't need to offer all of these other things, these additions um, to go along with it. They didn't need, you know, to have it, you know, offer 10 different tartar sauces or types of uh, vinegar or whatnot, um, because their products stood alone. The benefit of their product was, hey, this is fresh, this is good. We don't, we don't need to offer all these bells and whistles along with it. Yeah, and it, it really goes into um, the, the, one of our next bullet points here is as you're thinking about how are you coming up with your benefits, not your features, how you're coming up with benefits, it's going to come from the fact that you have a clearly defined customer. What does that customer like? Now, get this. You're going to have those customers that like the, the white glove treatment. Somewhere in their ego, they feel that that is more prestigious. The idea of sitting down and busting into, you know, with your hands, uh, you know, some crab legs or something, or that, that doesn't appeal to them. They want to be, you know, high level panache, whatever, right? Now, they may be the client of that particular restaurant. And then you got the one that says, look, I just like it down home. I like, you know, be able to just, you know, have a, a you know, seafood in a, in a bag or whatever it is. Forget all the pretense. Now, you, when you're deciding on how you're going to present your benefits, you got to keep that customer in mind. It has to, your customer has to be so clearly defined. Now, you know, you don't have to agonize too much over it, but it would be smart if you did because you're getting ready to get out there with your product and compete. You're going to already be competing against something uh, other people are already doing. Alternatives, mm -hmm. right? I've, I, you know, I go over here. I've been eating there for, you know, and I, I've done that even with the restaurant that I love. I tested out another restaurant. Their price point, now keep in mind, I'm a price shopper. Their price point was really good. Several years prior, their food was terrible. Then I would go over there and get an omelet that was to die for. I was like, oh, man price is good. I can get bread, these, you know, huge, thick bread, you know, the service wasn't all that good, but you know, and I, and then they had crowds and they started literally competing with this other restaurant place, this other spot. So now, you know, you start going, Hey, wait a minute. Am I going to lose a customer to competition? Well, guess what? Absolutely. You might. So you're constantly improving on something. You're constantly being of value to your customer. You're bringing something to them. Can you uh, highlight additional benefits? You can't assume that customers are going to identify your benefits for you, right? I'd love to have seen a commercial or two uh, from my favorite restaurant that says, hey, it's still what it is. I can't say the name, but it's still what it is. It's still fresh. It's still best price in town oh yeah that's right sometimes we need a reminder and i think i think you're speaking to something very important too in this in sales we look at consistency as well mm. if i go to mcdonald's um in detroit 
it's going to taste the same if I go to McDonald's in LA. Um, and it's that, that consistency that people can depend on. Well, if they're going to your establishment, whatever it is, or let's say that you're in the lawn service business and uh, they, uh, the owner of the home, uh, they get home at the end of the evening and they say, hey, the first time their lawn looked immaculate. Uh-huh. You did a fantastic job. The second time you were missing big patches and you didn't weed whack and their driveway had grass all over it. You didn't blow that off. The inconsistency, that, that type of stuff matters as well as a business that you, you're, telling, you're telling a story with how you conduct business. And I think you brought up a good point in that restaurant saying, hey, you don't see that. We're still fresh. But that is very, very important because if, if their product or service wasn't consistent, um, their client, their clients, their customer base, they, they're going to suffer. That's um, right. Because, yeah, would you, I don't, I, I want to know what I'm getting ahead of time. If I'm, if I'm going to the restaurant and I'm getting great service and then all of a sudden I get something terrible, it's, uh-huh. that, that's an issue. That's an issue for me. Yeah. Um, and I think it is for most consumers. It's like you, you, Hey, I'm this type of, uh, I buy this type of vehicle all the time because there, uh, I know that it's quality. The engine is well-made. Um, I don't have to spend a lot of money, uh, take it back and forth to the shop, but all of a sudden, um, that manufacturer, that brand issues of, you know, a vehicle that, that doesn't keep up with that those standards that's hurting the brand yeah yeah and, and uh, one of the good things about you talked about consistency now we want you guys to be able to listen to this and go all right consistency will save your customer this company this this um, restaurant is so consistent with the good prices so consistent with the fresh food uh that there were times a couple of times where the food wasn't that good they brought in a new cook, whatever reason, but I gave them a pass. Literally, at times I would look at my wife and says, "This wasn't that good." You know, something in 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 you know the omelet just didn't taste good. It was a little too overcooked or whatever. Gave them a pass because they had been consistent on the other end, right? In your business, think about that: consistent in bringing forth the right benefits. Not the right features because somebody else comes along and they're featuring basically the same thing. Now you've lost a customer. You know, this is something that um, in the notes that we were were preparing to have this talk with folks. It's mentioned that we've got to make sure that that thing that you're presenting, that benefit is your competitive advantage, Mm -hmm. right? So let's say you're starting, you got the brand new startup, and you're getting ready to go out there and you know slay the dragon, right? And that is a competition. What is it about your stuff? Okay, so you got these benefits. This is what you're gonna do for folks. Nobody else is doing it at all, right? Because think about what John talked about in the computer space. The Apple or the Mac was, yeah, it was kind of doing the job, right? But now this, you know, the other one, the Lenovo was like, well, I not only do the job. But I fold, I allow you to write on me. I've got all these other different things. And guess what? 
I'm easy to use. I plug into anything. I don't need special adapters. All of that. Ben, you got you hearing that? Benefits from the features. The features are I fold. The benefit to that is I can you can give presentations and look like a, a, a boss, a genius, or whatever it is, right? I have a way to have all these multi-ports. And as a result of that, easy for you. So that way you don't have to go get special stuff. You didn't leave a, uh, a uh, attachment at home. All of the features then now spill off into benefits. That's what people care about. 70% of the people are buying on benefits. You buy on benefits. So think about your product and think about now presenting that as the competitive advantage. Hey, I'm better than all the rest. Why is that? Here's my competitive advantage. Well, I boom, boom, boom. You got to be able to rock those things out and people got to be able to believe them. John, on that subject, on the subject of competitive advantage. So you believe it's competitive advantage. Let's say we had a case study and you believe you believe in your product. You started it, you, you know, you put some uh, blood, sweat and tears in it. How do people know that's going to be your competitive advantage? You have to tell them what your comp competitive advantage is. And in doing so, you have to back that up 100%. So you said that you gave the rest a restaurant a pass. They were consistent so many times and an anomaly happened and you didn't receive the omelet that you, you had. I think that, that one of the things that a great business does is they stand behind their product or service, they understand that life isn't perfect and there are going to be one-offs. So when me as a business, when I have a one-off, when I deliver a product or a service that isn't up to my normal standard, isn't up to the consistency that I've, that I've put out to market, what do I do? Do I stand behind it and say, hey, you know what? There was a mistake there, and I want to remedy that mistake. So whether that's giving you a free meal, comp, uh, saying, "Hey, you know what? You're, you know what? I apologize that this omelet wasn't up to par. Your your meal is on the house today. And hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back, and we just we just had this we had this fresh pie or cake up there. I'm gonna give you a couple pieces to take home with you, as well. And um, we're so sorry that uh, we didn't provide um, the 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 great consistent omelet that you that you normally get here. But you have to be you have to be able to recognize that. Um, you have to listen to your customers, and I think in in, in selling something, our customers are very important. And so, using those testimonials the good testimonials um, to support our product, but also the bad testimonials. We ask for feedback. That mm -hmm. way we can ensure that we are making our product or service the best that it can be, that we are remaining consistent, and that it is, it is much easier to retain a customer than it is to find a new customer. So how you respond to that. So if you get a negative review, how you respond to that tells a lot about your business and says a lot about how much, how much do I com 
care about my clientele or do I just say, eh, there's other, there's other fish in the sea. There's other clients out there. I'm not worried about it. But I think um, it really shows the character of the business and going back and trying to fix that because, hey, you know what? They're, they're going to give you a pass in the future. They're going to say, hey, you, you know what? Like you said, hey, I went to this, the fish establishment or, or uh, the, omelet rest, the omelet house or whatever, and one, you know, one time their product wasn't as consistent as it usually is. Mm-hmm. But I let them know and they fixed it. They made it right. And I want to continue to do business with businesses like that. Um, I don't, you, you, if, if you went and you had a consistent omelet and, and you went and you told the manager that, hey, this time, this was just horrible. And they shrugged you off and kind of ignored you and didn't acknowledge that. Um, you're going to think twice about going back there because you're like, hey, do they really care about the voice of the customer? Or is it just about the revenue? Yeah, uh, that that speaks to the fact that all of the stuff in your business is what your competitive advantage is going to be. Um, the benefits over features, right? And speaking right to your customer base, but also, you know, is your pricing right? Picking the right price. You know what I mean? How are you getting your message out there to folks? How are you attracting um, your customers? And that speaks to something you said earlier about uh, it's cheaper. Uh, you know, you've heard this term in marriages, it's cheaper to keep her or, you know, cheaper to keep him, however that, you know, works out. But it's cheaper to keep them because the cost, and this is a little thing that, you know, we don't, maybe don't want to dig into too much because it can get really complicated into the numbers and you're really into the weeds, but the cost to acquire a customer. This is one of the factors that, you know, once you, when you're building out your plan or whether you're brand new or you've been in business for a while, there's a cost, right? There is a cost of acquisition, right? And I, you sh- trust me, you do not want us to get into the math on that. But there is, how do I now go out advertising? What does that cost to acquire this new customer, to take them, pull them away from another customer? That means you got to, you know, be prestige. All your stuff has to be right. Because sometimes customers can be, and this is a term, promiscuous, right? I remember I heard that. I was like, oh, customers are promiscuous. Yeah, they like to, you know, mess around. And in this particular case, they may try other places. They may try other services. So let's say they're promiscuous with your business. They've already been with somebody else a long time, but now they try you and you stink. You're no good, right? Now you and you you didn't put money in to acquire this customer's attention and they try it. So you now have to have all of those factors. You got to have the benefit down. You got to know what your competitive advantage is and you got to place it, put it out there in front of folks so that they know your top choice. If you come and hang out with me, you're going to divorce whoever you're with, right? Mm-hmm. You're dating parlances. Um, and sometimes just imagine if you were out there doing cold calls. Right. And you go, wait a minute, I got a restaurant. I shouldn't be cold calling. You want to bet? Now, like I say, we can dig into it really, really good, but we want to make sure that we deliver value to you where you go, shoot, what do I need to do to acquire that customer? Well, it might be a cold call. Right. And then when you cold call, what are you going to show me? What are you going to tell me that makes me go, huh, maybe I will try them. 
that gets me promiscuous as a customer, right? It has to be powerful, your, your uh, unique selling proposition. And again, we don't want to jargon you to death here or anything like that, but we want to make sure that you're hearing this and then you're going, okay, how do I consider more of this? Right. And John, you know, our book is out. You know, we've got volume one of uh, the two business guys masterminding and we dig into a lot of this stuff. We you know, encourage you to go get the book. But here's and then we did we kind of like get into it a little bit. Right. So you guys can see that. But here we want to just mention to you guys having a solid. I know where I stand, having a knowledge of the customer. I'm kind of summarizing a little bit. And then saying, when I call, I'm going to be able to hit them with so many benefits that they're going to go, okay, I'll try it. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and John even put in the notes, yes, you have to cold call. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I just can't start and, and the business is going to run? Heck no. I don't care about your business. I care about whatever's going on in my life. You have to insert something somehow that makes me pause. And we're going to dig a lot into that when we get into, you know, communication and messaging and all that kind of stuff. But I got to be able to quickly know, you've got to be able to quickly paint a clear enough picture that I quickly know what you're going to do for me. Mm -hmm. Not what, features, you, what uh, uh, features you're going to give me, what you're going to do for me. What is it that your offering is going to do for my pocketbook, Right my prestige in some cases. These are all the things that you guys got to dig into and think about as you're delivering this value to folks or perceived value, right? I was thinking about this uh, not too long ago. My dad drank a certain kind of beer when uh, coming up and it wasn't the popular beer. And I thought to myself, why is dad drinking this off-brand beer nobody knows about? What is going on here? Well, the big deal was, is for him, he liked that beer and for his type of, for the beer company, he was their ideal customer because mm -hmm. he bought nothing else. No other beer came into that house, but Strolls. Mm -hmm. And it was back in the day. I don't even think Strolls is around anymore. I don't drink beer, but you know, it was nothing else. The popular beer is nothing right? Your product has to be like that. You have to have that kind of loyal enough following where people go, nothing else comes in the house, but this, right? Why? I don't know. He could either twist off cap, perhaps, right? Because I remember him twisting off the caps, never had to go and get this, never had to go and open it like this. Never. It was a glass bottle, right? Little things like that. No cans. So I'm thinking, huh? They've got their idea. Now, as I'm older, I'm looking at that and going, you know, weird beer, maybe. The Strolls used to do, back in the day, they did enough advertising to get their niche of customers and they were good. Mm -hmm. What are you doing out there in your business to get your niche of customers? Putting the information out there to them, talking to them on a consistent basis. Your message being consistent. What are you doing out there? Is your message that is, is fresh food consistent? that we got best prices in town, consistent. You see where I'm going with this? You guys, hopefully you're listening to this and saying, you know what, maybe I need to look at all these darn features that I had. We do this, we do that. And start going, benefits, let's turn them. Mm -hmm. John, there's some other things that um, you had put down here 
about all the things. Now, this is probably on for the startup folks when you're just getting going. All the things your customers could say no to you for. Right now, you're getting out there, you're trying to sell, you're trying to present your product, your service. Are you even thinking about objections or are you on 100% offense? Uh, can you dig into that a little bit? What, what do they need to do when they're talking about that? Well, I think one of the most important things is you have to know um, what some of the object objections are going to be ahead of time. And you have to be honest in answering those, those questions. Um, I think back to um, a couple of my favorite restaurants, one being a, a barbecue um, restaurant and the other being um, a, a, a Mexican restaurant. And the they were the best the best in their categories um in food but but one of the things the objections that that i would have was every time i went in there i had to have cash um because they they didn't take uh credit card debit card or any other form of payment and they at that point in time, they understood that, that that was an objection um, for a lot of individuals. But their, their business was so good that they would still be busy all the time because people um, would make the trek out of their way to an ATM machine to get some cash to go in there. But so they understood the, that there were objections and they would not gain certain clients because they didn't offer um, alternative forms of payment. Uh -huh. However, um, they were they were able to tell that that message and saying, "Hey, no, you're you're right. We don't we don't do that. We know that there there could be objections, but our products, um, what we have here." is it's the best of the best and it was the best of the best mm -hmm. but it's just being honest and recognizing um those things and you you talked about a customer in the niche um you know what your your product and and too many businesses make the mistake of saying hey my product and service is for everybody well that's not true all right you you have to focus you have to be able to identify um, I think about when you just mentioned your father and strolls in the glass bottle. Glass bottle is is very important to a lot of beer drinkers uh, because you can see through it. Um, and a lot of times there could be um, like a sludgy material at the bottom of a can. Mm -hmm. And well, hey, if I have a glass bottle, I can see, you know, what what's in the bottle. Where opposed to a can, I'm not, I'm not going to experience that until I get to the bottom of the beer. Um, so just being able to know that, hey, this isn't about the huge brand name or uh, the the big uh, Clydesdale horses plopping around in the snow and mm -hmm. in advertising, but our niche is for people who like this type of beer and who who want to be able to see their beer and drink it you know and drink it out of a, a nice glass bottle instead of um a can and yeah so just Benefits. just yeah yeah just saying hey you know what we know who our customer is and this is exactly who we're aiming towards and you have to you have to be 
honest. Um, just like, and I think back to that barbecue restaurant, that's what, uh, when I was in college 20 plus years ago, um, I just remember going into that and it's not, you know, it, it wasn't an establishment where you would walk in in a suit or anything else and you were going to get messy. The food was so good. I mean, you're going to have barbecue all over you. Um, but they knew who their customer and their customer was the person who really liked barbecue and was a connoisseur of barbecue. It wasn't about the establishment. It wasn't about the convenience of how do I pay, but it was about, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I like barbecue so much and I like good barbecue so much that I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to go to an ATM machine and I'm going to sit in an establishment that, Hey, um, isn't, uh, you know, white tablecloths and cloth napkins and, and right. whatnot, because that's not what I care about. What I care about is I'm a barbecue person and I'm, and I care about good barbecue. Yeah. And is your business. So we start thinking as you, as you listen to that story and uh, you know, this restaurant that I go to now is cash only. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there are times that I thought this is the dumbest idea ever. But we also think about, remember we talked earlier about the cost to acquire a customer? Well, there's a cost to having a customer, right? The, the, you know, and again, we're not going to get into the, 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 the weeds on this particular episode, but the cost of goods sold. What does it cost to do business? Now, if we know by taking that MasterCard, they're going to charge you 4 to 5% of sales. Now, think about that. 4 to 5% of sales. And you're not going to get your money right now. They're going to send it to you. Are you kidding me? Right? So 4 to 5% of sales just to deliver the, inform- or deliver the food to the customers. Now, I'm going to tell you that there may be another strategy involved here. Think about this for a minute. You know you've got very good prices. You know you've got fresh food. Imagine if you introduced the idea of credit card use. It could explode your customer base. So it could be that could be a strategic way that you keep just the kind of customers you want. The ones that are willing to pay the cash and not just everybody else. So that is a distinguishing mark. Hey, a benefit. Well, we only take cash. So at first you're like, wait a minute, I don't want to be paying with credit card. It's easy. I don't have cash. Well, you're not my customer. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make it easier on themselves because guess what? What if they now have twice the amount of people outside the doors? Their building isn't that big. So they've introduced some unique things that now put them in the benefit space. But at the same time, it says also not everybody can come. Only people with cash. Only people willing to do cash. Little things like that, right? So think about that for your business. What thing that you can introduce to the marketplace that at first may seem like this is bull crap. You know, why are they making me do this? But then becomes something you can turn into a benefit. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's a little quirk about what they do. Right? I'll give you an example that I'm gonna tell you this is a store. I don't I've never bought any of their products, but god dog it, you can't argue with what they do. And that's the Apple stores. Have you ever seen that? I would go to the mall at times. 
the only store busy, Apple Store. You come into that store and they, you got to make an appointment. Wait a minute, in the store? Absolutely. But what does that do? That's a quirk. You, you know, I don't want to, I just want to go to, no, uh -uh. you have time now. So just making you, right? And this is going to be opposite of what we're going to be talking about next. So it's creating urgency, but it's just enough to make sure you stick around the store and look around. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, as guys, we can make a beeline right for what we're, what we're trying to get into, right? I want to buy this, boom, there it is. But now you have to wait. And while waiting, why don't you look over here at our new offering? Why don't, all this stuff becomes tips, right? These become tricks that you can use in your business. Little things like that. Now, this next one, though, is creating urgency. Now, we're talking a little bit about the sales cycle, right? We're talking about your business. We're talking about how you got to put benefits above everything else, not just features, right? Because you're trying to attract the customer and, understand, and get into all that. So what can you do to create urgency? This is that thing people go, I got to have it now. You've seen it online with the countdown tickers. But what can you do if you have a different kind of business? John, could you talk a little bit about the need to create urgency and then maybe even some of the how? We, sure, got, about a, we got about a minute and we gotta, we're going to close it up, guys. So I'll just go really quick. I wanna, I'll, I'll talk about the Apple example. So let's say that, that you knew that you needed to go into the Apple store um, because that's what you had. You have Mac products, but, and you knew that Apple is always busy and you always have to make, make an appointment ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You're going to create an urgency to either set an appointment ahead of time or block off enough time in your day where you could wait at the Apple store until you're able to be serviced. And I think, and, and, and we look at that in the, the products that Apple offers right. and how they offer um, limited amounts at certain times. So, Hey, we're only going to release uh, 10,000 of the, I let's just say iPhone 25. I mean, we're, they're not there yet, but, they only release a certain amount. Well, the price point is super high, uh -huh. but they're looking at a niche. Who are the techies who, who want this? The, the people who love Apple, who are going to spend $1,000 on this phone and sell it out just like that. You know, you're, if, if you're one of those individuals who who follows Apple or any type of brand. I remember when uh, Jordans would do that as well. Um, 20, 20 plus years ago when the, the, the first line of Michael Jordan shoes came out and only so many would be released and they could sell them so high because everybody wanted them. Scarcity, urgency. Yes. Right. And, and, and you talked a little bit about white glove treatment. These are the things that now we've given you some case studies. We've given you some examples to look at as you're now building out or rebuilding your brand and your product, your service to include some of these features in there. And as you notice within those brands that we talked about within those examples, you heard how there was 
quality being introduced, price being introduced. Those are not features. Those are benefits. I know what I get when I get this product. It's going to be high shelf. It's, they're going to make me wait. And because they made me wait, all this stuff adds up to who you are now delivering this informa uh, information. I keep saying information, but delivering this product to, delivering that service to, the customer base you have chosen to receive this stuff, the people that now look at your stuff and go, wait a minute, this is such good stuff that I'm willing to wait or willing to pay cash or willing to do whatever it is. Now you have created a nice little tribe of folks, if you want to call them tribes, a nice little group of folks that are coming to your product, but you got to keep doing it. You got to keep going with it. You can't stop. Never rest on your laurels. And this is something that we're going to probably leave you guys with is that never rest in delivering that kind of value. Never rest. Some of the things that you're going to need to do may involve staying in touch via email, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the things that you do may involve giving away free stuff. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, wait a minute. Did you guys hear that? Oh, free stuff. John and I do this a lot. We, when we come out with another volume, sometimes we make it free for a while. Have a little countdown timer, creating the sense of urgency. You see, all of that becomes a part of what we're trying to say about the two business guys masterminding. We're going to take these case studies, your business or somebody else's, or maybe you hear your business and what we're talking about, and you're able to go, ooh, that one right here, I can drop that in. Ooh, I need to reconsider this because we talked about it. All right. So, hey, John, listen, I appreciate you coming on today. And, uh, you know, we had a good time solving a couple of problems that I've been hearing from folks. So I hope you guys out there are able to grab some of this stuff and go with it. And then we will see you on the next podcast. Thanks, Randy. Yes.